Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Cartoon Commentary. Once again, I am joined by the gentleman from G.I. Joeberg. We've got Paul. That's me. What's up? And Robert. Robert's right here and ready to go. And Stephen. Greetings, everyone. Gentlemen, thank you very much for joining me on the second episode of Cartoon Commentary. We're going to go right into episode two of the G.I. Joe Sunbow series. It's called Slaves of the Cobra Master. So everybody sync up your DVDs, get your blue dot right next to the word slaves, or get it ready on Daily Motion or YouTube or wherever you found it. And I'm going to give the countdown. Everyone ready? Ready. Mm -hmm. Three, two, one, go. Yeah, I'm really surprised how quickly we banged out that first commentary. I forgot how short these are. Yeah, they're pretty well, like quick. Well, like you said, I mean, buddy, 23 minutes, perfect for any number of things. So one of the hallmarks of a great classic cartoon, any show really, but especially the cartoons, is an intro that you can watch a million times and never get sick of. Yeah. Love it. Love it so much. Paul's taking out the baseline. Interesting that... Uh, uh, cover girl little things you notice even if you've seen it a million times cover girl is not in the wolverine just a few seconds ago it's just a random green shirt um i gotta double check that uh, but i think you're right i think you are right they okay. just threw random people in there also uh cobra's defending gi joe headquarters not the other way around <laughs> yeah well maybe they took it over and gi joe's taking it back ah cobra yeah, it seems Commander. like uh, cobra's controlled some urban area and G.I. Joe is kind of on the offense, kicking them out. And we're, we're going into a recap of the previous episode for the kids who got home too late from school and missed <laughs> the last episode. I love this well, voiceover. Had <laughs> I like the voiceover, uh, this nasally voiceover narrator. Uh, this guy, uh, he's great. Well, if you're watching uh, this back in uh, 1983, you would have been watching this on a Tuesday. Um, the original miniseries ran from Monday to Friday from the 12th to the 16th of September in 83. Mm -hmm. Later on, it was on every day after school here in North America. Hmm. Um, uh, it was G.I. Joe and Transformers after school every day. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I would have run home. Listen to the music, which we, we didn't mention in the, in the first commentary, but love the music, which is supposed mm. to be coming out on DVD soon. Oh, I hope so, because, yeah... The Sunbow series has such a great score. In fact, a lot of Sunbow series have great uh, uh, or sort of scores, orchestral music, backing tracks, what have you. Mm. So great that they saw ample reuse, but at least in this miniseries, we're hearing it all for the first time. Kind of adds a veneer of polish that, uh, that will never be taken away from the mass device. Gives it a That's class, like the, the saxophone. <laughs> While everyone else was using synths, they were using saxophone on G.I. Joe. Also, a great little relatable point here. Those uh, controllers they're using are very similar to the Atari, yeah. I think it's 1600 or 2600. 2600. Uh, yeah, so it's a great way to uh, get a, a relatability between viewer and what Cobra Commander and Destro are doing there. Mm -hmm. As in they're playing a fighting game. <laughs> the, the best fighting game ever. Duke is a pretty strong cat, but it's the headband that's giving. And him that super guy strength, is gigantic. Right? Yeah, I think how, it's how big huge. is that guy? He's like ten feet tall. I think it's the headband that's augmenting Duke's strength. It's like yeah, super no, he couldn't handle the money. 
So that's, um, by the way, Robert J. Walsh was the composer of the G.I. Joe music and most of the Transformers music as well. So uh, apparently they've been saying for years they'd, they'd be releasing it, but Sony put out a statement uh, last year saying they'd release it, hopefully, hopefully soon. There's the mass device, which you can own now, thanks to the 25th anniversary of G.I. Joe line. Um, there were pieces of it in, in different, was it five packs of figures? DVD, yeah, DVD three and four packs, yeah. I, 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 I actually went out of my way to grab them myself, because uh, that mass device is great. That was always annoying as a kid, where you would have so many vehicles of both Joe and Cobra, but then there'd be something like the mass device or the BET, and they just no never props. made it. Yeah. They never made yeah. it. Like, ah. They never made any props. And and also something to uh, also notice here is uh, the gun that the Cobra officer or Cobra trooper is carrying, uh, I mean, that would be replaced in uh, on the carded versions with the, the Dragunov, mm -hmm. but, or with a Dragunov lookalike. But, I mean, that gun is what comes packaged with, um, uh, it's similar to the one that's packaged with Zaymot and Tomax. Mm. Uh, Steve might jump in here and correct me, but I think I'm right this time. Yeah, well, yeah, the same one Tomax 25th anniversary versions, sure. Yes, mm. and and it's and that's a gun that which is a nod to the use. cartoon. That's yes. uh, I think they they molded that specifically because we never got in the vintage line that exact sculpt of gun. Except, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, you know what's interesting? You mentioned during the first commentary that. The blue-eyed, blonde-haired, all-American boy, Duke, has a German name, Conrad Hauser. Um, and it's also interesting that a lot of the G.I. Joes from early on in the toy line came with World War II German weaponry. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> Thompson. Case in point. Oh, not the Thompson. Well, it's, yeah. A, a German gun, you say, Mike? Well, some of them came with German weaponry, right? Like Stalker, I believe, isn't that a German machine gun? I think the grease gun is a Swedish gun. If not oh, mistaken. Swedish, okay. Well, no, no, no. We're talking about the the um, the MP. What is it? The MP forty, which is that uh, German sort of cylindrical gun with a straight box magazine. Um, it looks like that on the card arts. Oh, it, I, it looks like. Let gum. me not get this wrong. It looks like that um, gum that Leatherneck eats. In a later episode, or or oh, yeah. or tells people not to eat the uh, the. Getting back to the gun issue, though, yep, I, th yep. I think the 25th anniversary Stalker came with that German Second World War uh, machine um, submachine gun. Yeah, but the original Stalker came with uh, also a German weapon, um, the Hecklen Co or Hecklen Koch Koch um, Koch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The it was a sort of an early uh, version of an MP5. Yeah. Mm. So uh, again, no gloves here. When probably should be wearing gloves. Snowjob, the Arctic Trooper, the guy who's like a you know who's in his element when he's in the cold, is talking about how cold it is, and here's Scarlet not wearing gloves, but looking chic. Maybe she's wearing <laughs> flesh-colored gloves. At least they're wearing jackets. That's the one thing I appreciated about GI Joe when. If they were in the Arctic, Duke would be wearing a, a coat or like Scarlet is wearing the parka and coat. I believe Storm Shadow doesn't really uh, adhere to that. Yeah, the, the best idea. Storm Shadow. 
and Quick Kick is just in a situation where uh, he's shooting a commercial. So I remember that episode. It was ridiculous. This guy's shirt polar, shirtless. <laughs> <laughs> these polar battle bears are so great to see them used because they are often underutilized in the show, mm-hmm. and they are such a great vehicle. Yeah, they were done away with pretty much after the introduction of the Snowcat, mm-hmm. which as a Canadian guy, that was one of my favorite toys growing up. It was one of my fondest memories from childhood playing with a snow cat in the snow where you can actually use the windshield wiper um, to wipe snow and ice off your windshield for real. A feature we have never been able to enjoy. Mm. Yep, <laughs> us African boys used to put uh, white sheets down in the living room <laughs> to uh, <laughs> simulate a frozen tri- tundra. Looks like Tripwire is, uh, this is one of his rare appearances in the show, isn't it? Correct. Uh, both Tripwire and Stalker will slowly fade into the void of remembrance. Mm. <laughs> too, too bad about Stalker. He really should have been one of the... Uh, I always imagine him as Duke second in command before Flint came in. Uh, same. Same here. The Ranger. Now, mm. but, now this is funny because it changes from citizens of the world to citizens of the planet, I believe is the line. Well, uh, in the previous episode, Cobra Commander was talking about ruling the universe. Universe, so, wow. right? Cybertron There's included. There's a level of overstatement going on. <laughs> Watch you know, out, Megatron. <laughs> Next, we attack Cybertron. <laughs> Unicron, you're next. Hmm, that's I mean, not earring-sized anymore. Oh, yeah, no, no. They, they come in all shapes and sizes. This is a much different performance as Cobra Commander by Chris Lotta than later seasons. He's much less goofy here, more uh, threatening. Mm. Which is something that he has in this miniseries. He is threatening. Yeah, he turns into a Three Stooges character later on, which I love. Um, Both are great. It's just interesting. It's a pretty pretty big difference. Hmm. It's definitely night and day. Also, Chris Lotta's uh, performance uh, changes quite a bit as well, as you mentioned before with the lack of sibilances um, moving on in the show. Yeah, the actual pronunciation. Hmm. <laughs> probably he throws in the extra hiss. Scary. <laughs> he throws in the extra <laughs> little because the word didn't have an S in it, so <laughs> he just shoehorns it. Well, it does add credence to the fact that he's a citizen of Cobra Law. <laughs> oh dear, somebody had to invoke uh, the uh, the unspeakable. Um, but you know, if he is a snake man, of course he's that look on Destro's that look on Destro's face uh, in that crosscut when uh, Cobra Commander walks away. He just has that look in his eyes, like that ass. And I'm, and I'm like, see, there it is again, <laughs> that ass. <laughs> you know, it's interesting that even though a lot of people don't like the Cobra Law idea, it's not completely discredited in these first few episodes. I mean, if anything, these first few support the Cobra Law origin more than than anything with him hissing like that. Makes him seem like he's a snake, snake person under there. Yeah, mm-hmm. it definitely gives him an alien quality. Snake armor. I know Steven wants to say something about snake armor. And, and look at this. Snowjob pulls the hood down and takes the goggles off. So they weren't afraid to change up the character design on the show. It wasn't just, nope, he has to look like his figure looks. Uh, what it, it was is practical. that? Was that Flash? That was Flash. Mm. 
I think it's a well. It's, yeah. It looks like a flamethrower, but it might be some kind of laser flame. Because <laughs> like, how else would you melt metal like that? So I always pictured it as laser flame. Just like uh, they were shooting laser guns that sounded like Interesting. Bullets. The animators varied the snake designs a little bit. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they look a little bit more dumpy than they already do. But I mean, <laughs> it's a pretty dumpy looking toy to begin with. I do adore it, though. It's, sounds like it, Rob. It holds a place of one. I mean, there, there's nothing else like it before, and there's been nothing else like it since. Well, yeah, not nothing comparable. Are they trying to crush <laughs> them with effect. like a big weight? It's it's weird. It's, gonna, it's a lot of effort. Giant weight. <laughs> the, <laughs> the, and then he's like, "Oh poop! Well, I've gone halfway. Might as well finish the job." <laughs> Because he could have just stopped, you know. The voice actor for Snowjob sounds familiar to me, and I just Googled it. It's Rob Paulson, who Tick fans will remember as uh, Arthur from The Tick. Tons of other cartoons, too. Great show. Yeah. I saw a car drive past me on the freeway, and in the window it was written, Spoon. I just thought to myself, <laughs> is this a Tick fan? Is it possible? This, Spoon. I think this is the next evolution in video games what they're doing right here where actual people kind of like um movie a few years ago gamer there was a movie gamer with uh, gerard butler i think that might be where we're headed where people it's just won't be enough to control digital characters so we'll be controlling real life people yeah i think yeah once you go through the vr kind of evolution you you will need real stuff eventually maybe Got to put in the gum. (laughs) (laughs) It's supposed to go in your mouth. (laughs) Double mint. I think this is where the wedge is uh, begins to be driven. Destro and Cobra Commander. What a scream! Oh, it always starts out like that, man. Hey, buddy, let's go. Let's play some Double Dragon 2. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Why do you keep punching me, man? Why do you keep taking all the power-ups? Yeah, yeah this is, that's what happens. You know, if, It's if, very if difficult not to hit your partner in that game. Yeah, and mm-hmm. that is true. That's why you play mode A and not mode B. So it's great that Duke gets out of here all by himself. I like that he's not rescued yet at this point. They have to... They can't let this guy seem like a complete nitwit... Um, that you know needs help to get out of the situation. <laughs> the friendly snake security. I love it. Spider Man. Spider Man Duke. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Spider Duke. Friendly snake security. Hello. <laughs> I, it's just so cute. And I like but the fact that Duke shape. is. I like that Duke is basically, you know, uh, on the same level, maybe almost as, as Snake Eyes. He can do amazing physical feats too. He's not just a pencil pusher. Oh yeah. yeah! Did you see that forward tuck he did uh, in the previous episode, dodging gunfire by doing a little bit of tumbling? Yeah, and he doesn't come off to me as a young character, um, like in yeah. some of the other iterations of GI Joe, like Renegades. I liked Renegades, but Duke seems very young in that, and then Channing Tatum in the live action movies. I like that Duke here seems like a forty year old. He's got quite a mm. lot of experience. Yeah, he's yeah, I get that and... feeling as well. He knows what he's like... doing. He has experience. I like her. I don't know what happens. I, I can't remember what happens to her, but uh, I enjoy her as a It's, it's as Zorana. A it's actually yeah. Zorana. It, it has to be. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Retcon. I buy that. 
it's also cool to see Cobra Commander actually doing some of the shooting. Uh, you know, actually pursuing Duke himself, not not standing uh, in the back shouting orders. Yeah, guys, I think we've just seen the entire Cobra toy lineup for 1983, as of this moment. Now we've got the the Viper gliders. Oh yeah. So we've seen the snakes. We've seen uh, Cobra troopers, obviously. Uh, ostensibly, we've seen officers, maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, we've seen fangs. We've seen his tanks. Destro and Major Blood and obviously Cobra Commander. So bam, tick, tick, tick. And that doesn't seem like a commercial, a toy commercial to me. It, it's a Precisely. good choice for that scene in particular. I want to see, mm-hmm. you know, instead of the noise of jet engines and, and machine guns firing at Duke, I like the idea of him getting out of there in a quiet, silent uh, vehicle. And as you said in the previous commentary, you're not being hit over the head with the toy commercial. Mm-hmm. It's very germane to the scene. Snake Eyes was wearing gloves. It you looked should like be happy it. to note, hey, Mike? They weren't black, though. Hmm. Radiation's kind a thing. Ruins his look. He, need, he, needs, he needs the full black look. Uh, I assume the rest of his outfit was radioactive resistant. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I mean, in the old days, if your skin was covered, you're golden, right? Yeah, biohazard exactly. suit was basically cloth, cotton, nylon. I mean, if you had something covering your face, your or if a figure had something covering its face, it could clearly breathe underwater as well, yeah. or I had a helmet. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that in in a, uh, one of the future episodes of this series. Uh, Snake eyes being cured of radiation poisoning. <laughs> one of the goofier parts of the show. So they are being forced to leave a man behind. They're going against the Sergeant Slaughter rule of we all go home or nobody goes home. Yeah, or, or to be fair, they, they're securing their escape. They, they get a check on, on Snake Eyes. Um, he's uh, not replying, well, obvious <laughs> reasons. He's at a loss for words. <laughs> I love Snake Eyes having a handgun. Oh, there we go. Yeah, he left them no choice. Oh, here comes the Spock moment. <laughs> Scarlet's just, she's upset, but she's yeah, faking it because she's like, there's the Hauser right. finger. Hauser finger. Yeah, the yeah. needs <laughs> of the many outweigh the needs of the yeah, few. Total Wrath of Khan moment right there. Or the one. <laughs> oh, uh, gosh. Awesome. Oh, my goodness. Uh, and I love how he just walks back into the smoke, accepting his fate hoping that someone will be able to cure him of his radiation poisoning. So the triangle, um, the, ro- the the love triangle seems to be established as early on as yeah. the second G.I. Joe cartoon. And then never mentioned yep. again? Yeah. Well, quickly well we got, yeah, we got, well, it, we got thrown in our faces. Place, in, uh, that's one point. <laughs> it's nice animation here. We haven't talked much about the animation, and, and I, I, I like these uh, gliding scenes here. Nice cinematography. Uh, movement action. Yeah, excellent match. Especially shots. if you think the that that I mean, animating a moving object like that and changing the angles is probably very difficult. <laughs> I well, love that yeah. he falls right into a hiss tank <laughs> and immediately very, knows how to drive. <laughs> <laughs> no, Rob's very right. I mean, to to take something like that and then just go, you know, take it for a full line from A to B with all of those angle Aww. changes is, is extremely difficult. Yeah, and the other big competitor from that time period was Filmation with He-Man and She-Ra later on Breakstar. And those episodes, those shows are beautiful themselves, 
But um, this was a very Sunbow was a very different style, very dynamic, and smooth. very anime esque. Yeah, because uh, I mean they they got it all uh, a lot of it animated um, overseas. Mm-hmm. But not, did anyone else catch sight of a, what looked like a moccasin done up yeah, in a, yes. a light gray with a black yep. Uh, underside? Yep, I spotted that too. Beautiful. I do like these commentaries. They force me to watch things a little bit more closely. Now, I was watching those Cobra Troopers' heads, and it didn't look like they were wearing those mind control headbands under their helmets. It might have been a little higher up, but uh, or, or maybe they're uh, wearing them somewhere else. Around something I'm else. Still sticking, I'm still sticking <laughs> with the, the explanation that they're motivated by greed, man. Yeah. Pyramid of Darkness. That is a powerful thing. That's right. There's Doc. Hey, it's, yeah. <laughs> He's going to be okay. <laughs> Thank you, Rob. And Covergirl. Oh, yeah. Who's blonde. Should be a blonde. With a yes. name like Covergirl. Well, just to. She should be blonde and Swedish. Just to differentiate her from Scarlet. Yeah, the, the toy also should have been blonde. But uh, they made the right call, I think, in the cartoon. Agreed. And and also something for the listeners, uh, I still cannot figure out how Scarlet ties her hair back. Um, and you'll, that's something uh, viewers should have a look at as you're watching the show, but you'll see there's no hairband whatsoever, ever. <laughs> uh, so something to ponder. Oh. Glue. Must be. <laughs> like, it's not like she'll ever she uses, need to let it down. She uses hair to tie her hair <laughs> back. <laughs> Which Seamless. is totally cool, but they, they just don't draw that in. Uh-oh. <laughs> that yeah. one guy looks so derp. <laughs> it, that might be a, like a, a great f- diet fad. Like some of those guys are sweating wearing those things. You know, just pop, yeah. pop one of those on and sit and lose 50 pounds. <laughs> no wheeling Duke around. I mean, they could just put him in an infirmary and get a comlink, you know. So the badge on Duke's shirt there—it's a parachute. So he's some sort of an airborne. Yeah, he's uh, airborne. I think he's an airborne ranger. Airborne ranger. I think. Yeah. Or air. Yeah. So air- he knows how to pilot a yeah. Sky Striker pretty well, then too. I think they always had that in mind. I think that was why they made him that way because I, I think I think a lot of the ideas for the cartoon were set was set up in the character design. I, I I would like to believe that Duke was a character that was conceived for the cartoon. It's interesting As, because um, Flint is also a, a flyboy, right? A helicopter pilot, and Hawk is named mm-hmm. Hawk. So all of the leaders are some sort of airborne uh, theme. That's another now episode. we get previews, yeah, and now we're getting like some previews of War of the Worlds meets Cobra. <laughs> we get to yeah. uh, showcase some of the underwater toys. We've exhausted all of the actual toys These by now. These creeped me out Gotta when I was a kid. making one up. These worms. Yeah, don't they have some freaky sound effect as well? Yeah. Yes. Sort of whatever they do, it's it's frightening. Well, that was episode two, and that one breezed by as well. I'm really enjoying how quickly these are going by. Um, Paul, uh, yeah. close, closing thoughts. Uh, okay, well, it's something I wanted to mention in the last episode, and, and it is a real issue now. Uh, they should have made that Cobra Temple, or as I like to call it, the Silent Castle, uh, as a playset. Uh, that is the biggest missed opportunity so far for me. Um, so... Watching this series has got me me um, hankering to maybe try and make one. Uh, I'm also loving uh, a lot of the. Uh, you mentioned it a little bit before, but a lot of the cinematography 
uh, the angles and all of that. I, I'm I'm really loving how dynamic it is, and and it's and it's great because this cartoon is a very dynamic cartoon uh, with it when it comes to shots and and locations, uh, and it's a great inspiration for me as I am you know, uh, as, as, as it's fueling a lot of my creativity, as I see some of the backgrounds and the computer terminals and the actual mass device itself. Um, do, uh, I can't say anything bad about this episode because once again, it's, it's also ticking all my boxes. It's, uh, showing me toys that I like. It's, uh, giving me great set pieces and, uh, it's giving a snake eyes a great uh, moment in the spotlight, something I, I don't think he ever gets again, which is cool. Oh, oh, okay. I take that back. It puts Snake Eyes in the spotlight in a good way, not mm. in a breakdancing, doing the can-can way, mm. which I, I really like. I would imagine Cobra Commander's whole plot when it comes to um, uh, holding all those uh, uh, delegates, those very important people, when he uh, puts it out that, uh, that people should uh, uh, come to him uh, so that he can let them go, or like so that he, so that he can release them, uh, and it just makes me think of our current pl uh, international political situation. Where uh, you, would we, as people, really big Cobra Commander to let go of a lot of our our leaders? Uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's an interesting thing. Uh, just looking at it now, I couldn't help but think, oh, okay, well, he's got a whole bunch of politicians, and he wants us to beg him to give them back to us. Hmm. Good riddance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take that politics. <laughs> mm -hmm. So yeah. Robert, uh, closing thoughts. This was a cool episode. Um, I like that entire sequence with Duke escaping from the silent castle. Um, that yes, the animation is brilliant. Um, and Cobra just keeps building on their plan. You know, they keep abducting people and bringing these foreign military forces into their base. It. it it's very interesting that, that that they don't when they get there they start attacking Cobra. They're just like, we give up. You can you 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 can take us. And Stephen, closing thoughts. I think uh, my high point in this episode was the sacrifice of Snake Eyes. Already, we're seeing more character developments and 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 moments, important character moments, given over to this silent, faceless character than he would get in the entire. Uh, Sunbow cartoon run and Scarlet's reaction to that is, is equally moving. I mean, it's it's not just losing a comrade in arms. Her tears kind of speak to more of a relationship that we are never going to get any other evidence of in the rest of the cartoon run. Yeah, <laughs> spoilers, but it's quite an evocative moment, and I think you, know, you can you can read it a number of different ways. Uh, Certainly, when you use the lens of of what you get in the comic books and um, you know all the GI Joe media that has come out since then, but if you dial back the clocks to 1983, what the hell's going on there? Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a it's open to speculation. Yeah, it's it's quite unique to have um, an implied love triangle because it's usually supposed to be the boy and the girl. That you know, Duke and Scarlet obviously have something, but. Um, to imply a love triangle, especially with one of them being a faceless mute, uh, mm -hmm. is is mm -hmm. quite an interesting concept. For me, this episode, the uh, highlight of it was putting Snake Eyes in the element that he works best in, all by himself. Um, yeah, I you know he I don't think he really works when he's in a team environment. He uh, 
He helps with the team activities, the missions that they do, but he's really in his element when he's alone, working alone, and that's what he's doing in this episode, and then he's forced to really go it alone um, with no backup and no help, and and he even he comes across as a self-sacrificing person. He doesn't give his teammates a choice. Uh, they have to, to leave him, and uh, also for the next episode, it further establishes the legend of Snake Eyes that he'll be just fine on his own, even if he is dying of radiation poisoning. You, you said it, man. He's best on his own because, let's face it, playing with your Snake Eyes action figure in a team environment gets really awkward. Mm, How the hell does he communicate with the rest of the guys? Yeah. And, and Hand for the, signals, pointing, <laughs> demonstrating. So that was... Episode 2 of the G.I. Joe Sunbow animated series. Uh, again, guys, thanks a lot for joining me. It's, it's a heck of a lot more fun than me just sitting here by myself and saying, look at that, look at that. Hey, I had that. I had that guy. I, I never had that guy, but I have him now. You mean you've put out episodes where it's just been you, Mike? Uh, no, I, I haven't. Dig but that up. <laughs> I, I haven't, but if I ever do, it'll probably be something for... You know, something really long and tedious, like a Kubrick film. Like probably 2001 is something I would do it for. But uh, for something fun like G.I. Joe, it's all about enjoying it with other people who get it, who still enjoy it. That's what I love about G.I. Joeberg. And uh, I'm going to give you guys a little plug right now for people who don't know about G.I. Joeberg. Check them out on YouTube. They got some awesome reviews there. I love how you guys take the toys outside, which... Um, I've, I've forgotten about that. Um, but when I was a kid, that's where the f most fun place was to play with GI Joes, to take them outside, uh, on the dirt, in the snow, on the water, taking that shark in the river. Um, so I, I love that you guys shoot your, uh, reviews outside. When you guys shoot those reviews of the toys outside, just how apprehensive are you about taking these vintage toys out into the sunlight and the dirt? <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna quickly uh, jump in because uh, before Steve gets to answer, but Steve does a lot of the well, should I say he does like ninety nine point ninety nine percent of all of the photography uh, for the for the reviews. Uh, actually, that's a hundred percent here, folks. But uh, <laughs> I am the I'm the one who's apprehensive about my toys going outside sometimes. Um, and he, he, he took my mean dog, um, uh, when we did the mean dog review and he sends me this picture of the mean dog by this fire that's on the side of the road. No. He just conveniently <laughs> saw a fire on the side of the road and decided, Hey, you know, that's, that's some great, you know, that's, that, that'll be great footage. And he was smart because he doesn't tell me, he just sends me the photo and I'm like, Oh my God, really, Steve? <laughs> really? Well, but, you're apprehensive about your mean dog. Me, I was apprehensive about pulling off onto the side of the road in the middle of Johannesburg, which is probably <laughs> crime central in Africa. I mean, it's, it's a yeah, smart news. It is a scary place to be on this continent after dark, especially if there's a, a roadside forest fire happening. Um, but I tell you, the most apprehensive uh, I get uh, shooting these reviews is not for the toys themselves, because I typically like to buy uh, very much less than mint specimens, because I like to play with my toys. So the more beat they are, the, the, the more encouraging they are for me to play with. Um, 
but I do get apprehensive about taking my iPhone into these environments. I don't shoot on some fancy uh, dedicated camera. I use my mobile and uh, having it on a tripod in a running stream trying to get the perfect shot of hit and run. Oh, God. <laughs> it's it's hair-raising sometimes. All it takes is one little tip and yeah. sploosh. Yeah, one of my favorites had to be uh, because I had done voice uh, for the Cobra Bug uh, review and uh, I'd handed over my Cobra Bug to Steve. Uh, so I, I had done all my scripting and whatever. So I only actually got to see the final product uh, when it gets put up on YouTube, which is often the case because it's kind of like a, a nice little surprise uh, because Stephen will do the final editing more often than not. Uh, or actually, yeah, I think Stephen's only ever done the editing with the exception of Rob here and there every now and then and myself sort of. But anyway, um, and I'm watching this Cobra Bug review and I'm and I'm sitting back and I'm just like, okay, I'm making sure I don't sound like a complete tool and you know, I'm listening to everything, I'm hearing everything mixed, and I'm like, okay, this is great, this is great. And it's like, oh, it pops out of the river. I'm like, Steve, put my bug in the river. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> oh, <man>. <laughs> but I'm like, it's a great where shot. Else is a where else is a cobra bug supposed to go? Come on, exactly. Paul. No, no, Jeez. exactly. No, no, it's no, no. Amphibious. But Hello. Yeah, I, I know, and and I'm I should totally... put your USS flag in the pool. <laughs> I would if I could get place. it out the door. <laughs> but but that, that was great because I saw that and and I had that reaction, and I'm sure a lot of uh, collectors, specifically collectors, see that and go, they put that thing in the water, yeah, kind of thing, and and I love that because that is the video. Like if I ever want to tell a friend of mine about GI Joburg as a YouTube, um, you know, entity or as a YouTube product so to speak i always show them the bug review because it it's it's got some of the for me it's got some of my favorite moments in our reviews well so. I, I like that because uh, you know i've gotten away from that myself uh I, I like things minty and pristine um and i've forgotten how much fun particularly gi joe was to play in the elements and uh, i'm inspired to uh, take my shark down to the river when it warms up, or if we get another big snowfall here, uh, there's a big field near where I live, and I am going to take my uh, my snowcat and my wolf and snow job and the crew iceberg out there and and shoot a review in the element it should be in. It's like we talked about Snake Eyes is in his natural element when he's alone, while the snowcat is in its element, not on a blank backdrop on a spinning, you know. Uh, uh, turntable lazy susan yeah lazy it's, susan. it's it's supposed to be in the snow in the ice so uh even though i i like my stuff nice and clean and white you know just to get the the review done uh, I'll, I'll put a shark in a river you know i can rinse it off after it's not a big deal mission <laughs> <laughs> accomplished yeah well i hope you don't exactly. lose any small parts brother yeah. i always do a quick uh, uh tally like every couple of minutes do well, I have the machine gun? Do I have the grapple hook? Do I have the missile? I'm dreading our condor review is all I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> don't throw it off a building. <sighs> Take a they, walk on the wild fly. side, Paulie. These things don't actually fly. I'm a bit apprehensive. I'm going to do it, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm a little apprehensive about doing my killer whale review in the river. I, I uh, the tailfins. It floats, Ooh, but uh, you know, so many pieces. That's going to be a little. I love a challenge, is all I'm saying. And anything that gets lost, you can get it on eBay again. True that. <laughs> and finally, I think one of the key reasons why I do go outdoors is because I'm pretty conceited about the place I live in. Uh, it really does have everything, and I'm pretty sure 
Wild Canada uh, has got a lot to boast as well. You guys get snowfall even. I mean, that's... Yeah. You, you the, can't fight that. Yeah, in your videos, such beautiful backdrops, the the mountains, the you know gorgeous sunsets. It really is. This stuff has never been photographed so prettily, not even in the uh, original commercials by Hasbro. So well, You uh, can't screw up a sunset, man. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it just makes everything look good. Absolutely. And in the films that I've made, it um, doesn't matter if your budget is non-existent. It doesn't matter if you have a cheap camera. It doesn't matter if your actors are, are students working for free. You shoot during magic hour, during sunrise or mm. sunset. That is million dollar lighting right there. So mm. that's what makes all the difference right there. It's just you got to drag your butt out there early in the morning or you have to uh, time it out and make sure you're there when the sun is setting. But uh, if you get that natural lighting, uh, it really doesn't matter what you're working with. It's going to look at least halfway decent. Uh, in addition to uh, G.I. Joeberg on YouTube, you've also got a podcast, a very regular podcast. Uh, whereabouts is that? That's on Podbean, right? Podbean is uh, our host, but you can find us on iTunes. iTunes. Yeah. If you just search G.I. Joe, we should pop up. Or G.I. Joeberg. Uh, that's G-I-J-O-B-U-R-G. So you're definitely going to want to check that out, too. Uh, makes the day go by. A uh, very entertaining podcast to listen to, either at work or on the way to work or at home, just if you're chilling. Very interesting. What kind of stuff do you talk about on the podcast? We keep it varied, uh, sort of topic of the week kind of stuff. Um, sometimes it'll be the cartoons, sometimes it'll be the comic books. Uh, most often, we are just talking toys, and it's very nostalgia-driven. I always wanted it to be a forum where I could talk about how I used to play with G.I. Joe and contrast that with how our listeners used to play with G.I. Joe. We've gotten some great feedback in that regard. People love to just bathe themselves in nostalgia, whether it's ours or theirs. We all share this in common. Mm -hmm. In spite of the fact that we live oceans and continents apart, G.I. Joe was our go-to thing. It was our thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Some it's kids put sports above everything else or video games we liked to go on our own adventures with our action figures. And yeah. that kind of unifying factors, it's very heartwarming. And you talking know, about... We're a global community now. Talking about being in your element, being in your proper element. Um, I remember being, you know, as a kid, uh, if another kid had a G.I. Joe, you were friends. And, mm. and that's all it took. It was just, oh, you've got Duke, I've got Roadblock. You've got a Sky Striker, I've got a, a Rattler. And you could play with that person for hours. Um, so I, for me personally, uh, stuff like GI Joe transformers, these, these great eighties properties. Um, yes, I can enjoy them on my own, but really I'm in my element when I'm enjoying them with other people like you guys. So that's, what's mm -hmm. great about doing this podcast. And also that's, what's great about not just hanging out, but making it public. So it's really cool that we're able to record this, put it out in public and invite Everybody else who grew up on this stuff and, you know, played together uh, to join the discussion and not just listen along, but comment and, uh, you know, either on the YouTube video or on the podcast, uh, comment, join the discussion and play along. Well, thanks for having us on your show, Mike. Yeah, thanks a lot for joining me and looking forward to more. These are just breezing by. We'll be done by lunch tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. And until next time, Nerd Mistake.